Hey everyone, in this episode of the podcast, I talked to Dave Potwin and Joe Sapola from Sapola Romaine Catering Company and Mobile Food Operation. We talked a little bit about how they formed their new company, um, their residency at Three Brothers Winery, and a little bit about their food interests. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we're hoping to have uh, a little bit more content this year on Food About Town podcast-wise. I'm going to try to get at least one a month in, try to maybe one or two a month. So we appreciate you guys coming in, and uh, thanks. We've been laughing here in my living room for the last 10, 15 minutes or so, and I think we're actually going to start talking now. Um, I'm here with Dave Potwin and Joe Cipolla. 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 You can correct me. In America, we call it Cipolla. Okay. It's Cipolla. Okay, good. So my pronunciations are completely off. I'm happy about that. (laughs) Um, From Cipolla Romaine, this is the new combination, Dave formerly of Let Us Be Frank, and Joe, formerly of Scratch Catering, correct? Yeah, that's right. Super. So I guess I'll start off with the question, you know, how did you guys end up working together? Well, <clears throat> it was an interesting situation. Path of life takes you down many, many roads till you find the one you need. Dave and I were both working at the U of R. Uh, we both had cars out there. Dave came over for lunch one day. I think that, that that was really, that was all it took. Yeah, I told him he should move over next to me because uh, <laughs> I didn't feel like walking that far for my lunch anymore. It's a good move. <laughs> I tell everybody. Um, yeah, we. I, I love Joe's concept of, uh, you know, bringing a different style of things to a cart, which was, you know, kind of following some the same ideas that I had of, you know, changing up that flair from, from hots and sausages to uh, different kind of awesome food on the street. I mean, which is something that the whole food truck movement's been working on, is having interesting food for people to eat in locations there wouldn't have been before. And what you were doing is, I mean, you can describe what your food was and still is in a lot of ways. Uh, A lot of it was, I mean, my initial concept coming into it, I I wanted to take, you know, a lot of what I'd learned in the restaurants that I'd worked with and, and doing the... The farm to table, but without the table. So that's where the, the farm to foil was born with, with Let Us Be Frank. Um, trying to keep it all sustainable, keep it, you know, all local purveyors and producers, and uh, and just do really good food, but still keep it at a scaled price that it's somewhat affordable, and, and you can get into the nice locations. And, you know, my first venture, I thought of doing the truck and, and diving into that, and then city didn't like trucks yet so it was, where do i go from here what's, what's my inlet to, to showcase uh an idea and the cart just worked it was like they're on they're on the sidewalks and i was like why isn't somebody doing great food off of these so yeah yeah on the other end of the spectrum it was like i came from totally opposite you know i come from the high-end restaurant i come from country clubs doing you know totally different stuff and had my own concept on how I thought I could bring the food to the people um, in the way 
on it. And so the whole idea behind my concept in starting the catering company was just fully customized menus. You know, I'm a chef. Uh, I didn't want to really limit myself to, you know, there ever being a chance of saying no to a client that I'm not going to do that or that it's outside the realm of something that, that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, we're making food. We're making good food, and let's do it right. So I think when Dave and I first met, I loved his concept, and I thought that it was, you know, really, it, it was legit. It was his own concept, and it made sense, and just we started talking, you know, and that was really all it led to was, hey, let's share a space. Hey, let's, you know, bounce some ideas off each other. One thing led to another, and it was pretty obvious what we needed to do. Uh, we we took our ideas, we put them into a box, and we made a company called Sapola Romaine. It's everything you want and anything you want for any occasion. You know? And it's something I've seen already. I mean, I uh, went out to your uh, permanent residency at the Three Brothers Winery. Yeah, it's our cafe out there. Yeah. So you actually have a permanent cafe in yeah, there now? Yeah, the cafe in. Oh, that's great. The, we've got the cart covering both ends of it, so it's... Yeah. Uh, Awesome. I didn't see the cafe part yet. That sounds cool. Yeah, when you came out, it was like the real early stage. That was like the first time, it right? It was the yeah. first time, yeah. I, I believe. And, you know, since <clears> then, <throat> in a short period of time, we've uh, been able to establish ourselves out there. Uh, we built a, a, a built-in, you know, a kitchen, a cafe where we're doing service. Um, That's great. We have some really cool ideas in the <clears throat> summer, so... When Stay I saw tuned! <laughs> <laughs> when I saw you guys were planning a... Uh, a full dinner coming up in the next, not too far away, right? Yeah, we have a, a lot of dinners like that planned. Mm -hmm. um, this was our first promo to one that we were going to be doing out there. Uh, it's been a really <clears throat> interesting um, situation. You know, we've really learned our clientele out there, and, and you'll see a lot of, of stuff like that coming from us in the future, for sure. Because, I mean, that's, it's a great location just from the foot traffic. I mean, that's got to be one of the most trafficked wineries in the entire state. I mean, I've been out there on a couple occasions for other people's pre-wedding parties and other things, and it's it's a mob scene on the weekends. Oh, it's great. We I think we first looked at each other about an hour into that first day, and we're like, why aren't we doing this every weekend? I mean, yeah. everybody's having a great time. They, they cater to kind of all aspects out there. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. You've yeah. got the kind of the dive bar thing in the back. You've got the high-end pours. You've got the, you know, the, <clears throat> the, the wedding parties or the bachelorette parties kind of wine. It's, everybody's happy. And, the wine and, slushies. And, yeah. yeah. And the root beer. Yeah, and, it, and it's really perfect for, <laughs> for your kind of food where you can be varied. You don't have to be the same thing every week. Exactly, right. And... I mean, when I went out, you were doing, you were doing stewed pork, and you were doing the, the sliders that everybody's, you know, the, the you know the Let Us Be Frank signature, you know, veggie sliders, and you're doing everything that people would want at that kind of event, and it it fit perfectly. I was really happy to see that blossom into something more. Exactly, it made a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one big thing. What else are you guys working on? I know you had other ideas and other things that you were getting into uh, nearing completion, is, I think, right? Yeah, we, our main goal has been to to kind of cover all the bases, you know, to, to have the scalability um, for, for any size of the event. Um, as, as Joe said before, we never want to turn anything away. Um, and I think 
having you know with the starting with the two carts and then the ha- the cafe. Um, we've got a great following at the Brighton Farmers Market every Sunday. That's been very consistent. I mean, it, that's a great it's a great outlet for places like you because it's a great built in audience of people that want to eat your kind of food. Exactly. With a little more thought behind it. My favorite part is I'm working in my own grocery store. You know, yeah, when exactly. We, when I run out of certain things, I can walk right over and buy it fresh, and, and it's on the grill. So, yeah. Um, and the, the next part of that is is building into the, the catering back end of it. Um, we've actually been working on a truck um, that's not a... You know, food, not for yeah, not, not for, from the window food truck. This right. is more for a, a private use, private events, but but a Mac um, Daddy catering kitchen that's on wheels. <laughs> you know, it may, which makes a lot of sense because the the food trucks, almost all of them have a catering aspect because it's it's hard to do just that well, here. What, yeah, I mean, what's the biggest problem that you know people run into when they want to have a wedding in the middle of Tiganic Falls? How are you going to get food out there? Yeah, how are you going to cook it? Well, you know, we we solve that issue. Yeah. You know, we could do a plated dinner for 250 people in the middle of nowhere. Right. Who else can do that, really? Right. Yeah, that, like, that's that's something that people, you know, you get people right now just bringing in trays and heaters, and it's not really the same thing. No, we and do if it people, you know, If people want to do the real deal thing, that makes a lot of sense. And that's the nice part. I mean, the carts have still got their scalability, but, I mean, even if it got into corporate events and much larger, I mean, oh, sure. a couple thousand would be... Easily, we pull up all three, Easily. and we're, we're ready to go. We've got the staff and the people ready to take care of it. It's so. a full, fully mobile kitchen to come in. We build it, and it literally pieces together like a transformer. That's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's it's uh, good to hear. I mean, you know, a lot of the food trucks kind of, they've reached a certain level, and then it's kind of just that. And it's it's a great thing. And it's not like we don't need more. We don't need more diversity. But you go to the... Uh, the food truck rodeos now, and we've got 30, 40 different people there now, all around the city or surrounding areas. Counties. Yeah, yeah. counties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we got people coming in from mm-hmm. Buffalo, people coming from elsewhere, and it's it's getting crazy for a city of our size how many we have. True. And to see the next level, really the next stage of the food truck evolution happening is kind of cool. Well, I, I've liked it, and I've also seen, I mean, even with us running uh, the Rochester Mobile Food Coalition. Right. And working with a lot of the people that have the trailers, they have the trucks, they have oh, the sure. carts. And, and as much as I love the trucks, I've, I've encouraged some of those people that are just getting into it. I'm like, you know, I spent six grand to, to try a concept, and I, I plead with a lot of them. I'm like, don't drop 60. Yeah. Drop six. If your idea doesn't work at the end of the summer, you got to use car loan. You know, but for that young chef that wants to come out and give it a try, I think that's that's great to see that. Um, but at the same time, I seeing the national trends of it and and the talks of it, I I think a lot of the corporate America is mm-hmm. coming into it too. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, Bill Gray's truck soon and and, and Abbott's trucks and a few other things because well, didn't of, yeah, I think we already saw the Bill Gray's truck, right? Oh, we've got the uh, Tom, uh, Tom Walls. Tom Walls that's Tom, right. Yeah. It's hard for me to differentiate between those sometimes. It's tough. It's tough for these guys that just have trucks, you know, because there's there's so many factors that play into how you're going to make your money and, yeah. and function as a business. If, if you just limit yourself to you know having the open window truck aspect of it, there you're 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 going to tap out. And know? it's tough because it's it's a complete grind, and in our area, it's kind of seasonal, really. It's I mean, extremely seasonal. You're not. If you're dedicated enough to go year-round and work downtown, I mean, that's that's a grind. 
I mean, that's that's more grind than almost anybody's willing to put in for more than a year. It's the first question we get every time someone comes to one of the cards is, yeah. what do you guys do in the winter? <laughs> yeah. And so that's it. We run our business. Exactly. Yeah. We're we, trying to run it year-round. So. Yeah, we, you know, we do holiday parties, we baby showers, everything you can imagine. Yeah. So I'm going to go on to Dave for a second. So I've, I've been going to your cart slash the bistro at the time to the market for... I mean, just about as long as you've been around at this point. Exactly. You know, I had, and one of the things that I loved right away was the focus on vegetarian food that's not vegetarian food. You know, vegetarian food, vegetarian food can be very boring at times and not well <laughs> thought out. I think it gets ignored on menus and people put a portobello burger on the menu and they kind of forget about it. Vegetable medley kind of. Yeah, and it's boring. Nobody, no, I don't think anybody likes that. I don't think anybody likes making it. I don't think anybody likes eating it. I know vegetarians don't like it. No, of course not. I mean, why would they? And one of the things I, I always loved was that you really made food that people wanted to eat. It just happened to not have meat in it. True. I think a lot of it helped is that I literally went vegetarian when I first came up with a concept for, for LBF. Um, and it, it was one of those, what would I want to eat? You know, and, and I've had a, a lot of talks with friends from culinary school, different stuff, and, you know, a lot of chefs, and you listen to Bourdain, and they hate vegetarians. I can't believe you're not eating bacon. Well, of course. I can't believe, you know, it's such a pain in the butt. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I love the challenge of it. It was nice to, we, we started for two years of, we called it flexitarian, so there's no meat in my house. Right. So it made the in-laws happy because they didn't have to make some crazy concoction. <laughs> I, could, I could go to, and if I saw foie gras on a menu, I could still enjoy it. Right. But at home, it was like, okay, how do I make the quinoa and the beans and the rice and the bread and the pasta, all that come together? And um, as you can see in, in some of the menu, it's, I try to develop to still make it tasty and, and levels of flavor and seasoning in there. But um, yeah, make it something that's going to catch their eye off the menu and... and have a cool name with it so yeah i mean when you see carrot slider which is really the was the signature thing for a long time i think it still is yeah and when people try it's like signature oh for a lot of things but not not everything that we do yeah i mean it's signature off the the lbf card yeah that's agreed very true yeah and it was something that caught my eye right away and i've enjoyed it many times yeah between that and you know the attention to detail with you know now you're you know, just pressing it onto the grill, you're getting a lot of crust, you're getting the developed flavor, the pickled vegetables, and all the other stuff, and it something always worked for me. No, it's been good, and it's it's kind of funny the origins of that because it was it was just something that I I tried, and then realized that of all the stuff that I was making, it was probably one of the most labor intensive sandwiches there. Of course. And then we sold out in two days, so then doubled the batch and sold out in three days the next week, and then it was one of those like. U of R really loved it. I mean, they took a hold of it, and they were mad if there wasn't any of they, you know, had the back half of Fridays. But um, yeah, it's it's still one of those. I've got plenty of ideas for for other options of that. But um, yeah, it just kind of stuck. It's one of those. I don't. I couldn't pull it if I really wanted to. Yeah. So. <laughs> and now you're forced into making batch after batch after batch. Very true. Um. So, Joe, I mean, you've. I've had I had your food a little bit with scratch. I've had it a couple times with you guys combined, and I'd love to see the some of the more I don't know classical techniques, more the you know more of the meat stuff come in and work with what Dave was doing, and I I really liked the way things was going. You know, at the 
when I went out to Three Brothers, that that pork cassoulet with the beans and the uh, popcorn shoots that I actually just saw on TV the other day. Um, somebody focused on that, like, oh, this is really cool new stuff, popcorn shoots. I'm like, I had that this summer. <laughs> it, it, was, it was great. I didn't know um, anything about it until he told me we were going to put it on there. And yeah. I was like, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, just all kinds of stuff like that. I think that, you know, been doing this for a while now and been able to work with some really cool ingredients, work for some really good chefs, learn a lot, stay humble, and, you know, just keep doing what we do. Yeah. And I think with when you came out, you know, we had a really good idea of how we wanted things to go that day, and we wrote the menu. Like, well, you had the, the podcast. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I mean, when... And again, it's it's the kind of thing that people forget about when you're eating at a remote location and you're getting that kind of food. I mean, that was a restaurant dish in a you know French fry French fry bucket, <laughs> and and that's I think the best thing that food trucks slash carts or what you guys are doing can offer is that restaurant dish for ten dollars, you know, at anywhere you are. Yeah, the, well, you'll see the ones that, especially the trucks that succeed, are the ones that go the extra mile and, and want to make good food. Yeah. You know, not everybody wants to just go and eat a hot dog, no matter where it's from, off of a cart. Yeah. So, I bet you, yeah, and I, we get asked for it. Like, where are the hot yeah. dogs? Where are the nachos? Oh, sure. Can I get the pretzels and, you know, and stuff like that? And it's it's tough sometimes because that's, that's the... The other part of just being a business owner is, you know, sometimes the customer makes your menu whether you want to be as creative as you want. Yeah. Um, and then Dave and I are talking about getting fresh matzo, <laughs> tortilla chips, and it's like, how do we exactly. get, how <laughs> do we get <laughs> matzos to the next level? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is cool, though. I mean, that's that's a nice way of looking at it when you can – I think it's also a good gateway thing because people can see it and they say, oh, well, here's this – here's nachos taken to the next level. Here's – Here's a hamburger done well with, you know, decent meat. Here's, you know, the veggie thing done well. That, that was um, my idea when I first had the cart, too. I, I looked at, okay, what is the typical cart serve in, in the streets of Rochester? And how can I take that and make that local or organic if I could or, you right. know, to, what, to whatever level. I never wanted that stigma, but how can I make this the healthiest that I can option and yeah. f- flip that idea of this is just street meat, you know, yeah. coming off of there. So. Yeah. That's that's the same challenge we see, you know, people like a certain thing. Fried tends to be a huge thing in Rochester. Oh, of course. I mean, that's and that's Western New York Midwest it right is. there. If it doesn't, have, if it's not covered in fries or stuffed with fries oh, or what's the point? Over fries, yeah. yeah. So, but it's um and plates. You know, everybody wants a plate piled version of it. So, um, that was the fun was like the, the compost plate. You know, putting a twist on different things and uh, and they succeeded in some areas and others. You just gotta. Find your market, you know, keep the yeah. customer happy. So, Joe, you mentioned you worked other places. Did you work here in Rochester, or was that elsewhere before you moved yeah, on? Yeah, I uh, was lucky enough to work for Chef Anthony Rinaldi in New York as his executive sous chef. Uh, we got a Michelin star. What place was that? Is that the Pro Room in Brooklyn? Okay. Um, we got a Michelin one Michelin star there, and then unfortunately. We moved back to Rochester because the <laughs> wife and I, <laughs> the wife and I, both of our families are from here, and we were getting married, so that was the uh, game plan. But no I, more Michelin star. Yeah, well, I had to walk away from that one. Yeah, that's for yeah. sure. But, so that I uh, opened up as the executive chef of a restaurant called Eros, 
that was uh, Mediterranean. Okay, I, I briefly remember that happening. Yeah, I, I opened it. I was there for two and a half years, and then I left and went to the Valley Club. Okay, and where where is that located? I don't. I'm not aware of that. The part. Valley Club. Yeah. Uh, it's right off of um, right off of East Ave. Okay. In the corner of East Ave and Alexander. Okay. It's so, kind of a funny history. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a private city club. Okay. Um, right. And I actually did my first internship there with Chef uh, James Newman, probably one of the most amazing pastry chefs who is never heard of because it's a private city club. Right, and I think that that's happening a lot. Is a lot of There's a lot of talent in these places that nobody gets to eat, yeah. except for members, which it's kind of a shame because, you know, I don't think I'll ever be a member of places like that. <laughs> yeah. But, and it's the kind of place you'd want to have people go. Sure. Because fine dining in Rochester is still a relatively, I mean, there's old places, but it's regenerating itself. Uh, I, sure. I think the, the one thing with that, though, is that as a chef, you always want to cook for the elite. Yeah. You know, wherever you live. Oh, sure. And being in, in a prestigious establishment like that was an absolute honor. Of course. Um, i I learned quite a bit from those uh, chefs there. Uh, it was. I almost think go back to culinary school. It, it's yeah. an ultimate training yeah, it, facility, if anything. It well, is. sure. It's pretty amazing to be in, in an establishment. Well, because they're dedicated. You have a great. You have a clientele that wants interesting things. They want to use high end ingredients, and it's you're getting paid to learn high end stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, uh, it was it was a great opportunity for sure. Yeah. Um, and Dave, you said pastry chef, which is your background really was pastry, right? It is. Um, I dabbled with the idea of coming back here after an exec uh, position, um, in Cape Cod and, uh, wasn't sure if I was going to stay with the pastry and happened to end up over at Lento. Um, and did some nice stuff for that year and a half there. Sure. Um, and that, that was a challenge too. I was bringing like East coast, you know, Stuff that I learned in San Diego and Southern California cuisine, and in the middle of summer, Rochester's on vacation. Yeah, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. So, it's um, and also for a place like Lento that wants to do local ingredients, it's our prime time. True, we can't get super fresh all winter. Very true. And but I, I loved it, and that's where that that farm to table concept could really soak me up because it oh, was sure. it was art coming back from the market every day, tossing me a case of something, saying. You know, kind of blind basket. Be creative. Make yeah. the strawberry work eight ways. Yeah. You know, so it was. Um, that was a good challenge in itself, and it. That was the initial passions going into you know the truck idea, and uh, and I still dabble with it. We did the wedding cakes, and I've still done a lot of wedding cakes, and sure. trying to do several more. Um, <laughs> the desserts when we were doing stuff at the bistro were great. Right. I love the idea of the small, you know, the miniature, the shots we were calling them. And it fit perfectly um, with what you're doing and the you know yeah. thing with the cinema theater, which was is a great way to have things portable that were still well thought out. Exactly, exactly. I, and I love that concept. I I've always liked that you know dessert shouldn't be more than three bites. You know, you should get everything that you need right there because it's the same as me. I, I like to cook what I like to eat. Yeah. So. So, on that same breath, you know, we talked about local ingredients. How are you guys using local ingredients to, you know, kind of engage? I, I know you guys were using uh, Seven Bridges Farm for some of the sliders and mm -hmm. hamburgers, which well, I'm the, a big the, fan of that place. The beauty of our company is that we have multiple facets of what we're doing. Um, unfortunately, in order to give our company what we need we can't sustain it with just local yeah, but from the aspect of 
us from the LVF standpoint, um, that we follow through with wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, anything that you get off the LVF card would would, would follow suit with exactly what we where you're doing. getting it yeah. from at that market. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But it, I mean, it it's tough. It's tough to to do that for everything uh, we we've found. Um, In the catering realm, we get a client that wants you know I want uh, Moroccan goat. Well, yeah. How, how do I make the leftovers work next week? You know. Yeah. So it's it's that kind of challenge. That and it is. It, it, that's not really a far fetched <laughs> exactly. class. No. Yeah. And it's yeah. also yeah. where yeah where else are you going to get uh, goat locally? Yeah. We don't exactly. have a lot of local goat farms that are making meat out of the goats. Sure, we got cheese. Right. Which With is anything, great. We we try to keep it as much local as possible. Sure. But uh, LBF, yeah. That whenever we write a menu, that's what we do. That's the first thing that comes into mind is what can we get at the market. Yeah. How can we make it awesome? And, and that just evolves seasonally, too. Exactly. Oh, sure. Some things like when we had exactly. the bean sliders that were people raved, and there was like, well, I started seeing the, the, the selection was was diminishing, so I said, well, we're going to go back into a different version of it and break in the hearts, tell them that they'll be back next season. You know? Yeah. Because they start to get back into the actual flow of yeah. when things come in, and it's if you don't have to peel a sticker off it, I like to serve it on my cart. So. Yeah, because I've run into you at the public market, a bunch of times mm-hmm. walking around to the same place like all right i know where he's getting his stuff i know he's actually buying from the market there's no there's no mystery behind it because there's if you walk around the public market you can see all the things coming into season yeah. you can see the guys with the beats i'm like oh they still have dirt on them i know they're actually coming out of the ground Absolutely. and it's one of those things that i've been thinking about a lot is the people that walk around they don't they just buy the cheapest stuff when you actually, you can see them unloading it from elsewhere. You can see it coming from other places. It's difficult True. in comparison to the uh, to the Brighton market it's, or the other markets. That sticker it's, roll. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for a lot of people to see that, though, because it is. they go to the market. Yeah. I think the best way to see it is have an LBF cater one of your events. <laughs> <laughs> see, I love that. Toss the plug in there. It's perfect. Got it. <laughs> so, I guess I'll get into some of the other stuff I always talk about and... Where do you guys like to eat? Because that's, you know, I'm trying to advertise to people. Where do you guys like to eat? I'm a simple man. Okay, so what kind of simple stuff? Well, you know, I'm a very big Mexican enthusiast. Okay. Uh, A little Monte Alban. No, I can't get wrong with that, but I'm a pretty simple man. I like... I, like I swear by John's Tex Mex. Yeah, by the way, John's Tex Mex. That's fantastic. The affordable category. I, we lived next to his place for. About six or seven months. Yeah. And it was uh, one meal a day at least. <laughs> See, I've got to go give it a try. I'm, I've been so obsessed with Mexican, Mexican food, not with the Mexican-American or sure. the, the Tex-Mex stuff. And I think the last few times I, I tried it, I was just so colored by that. I couldn't, I'm not sure if I could even give it a fair shot. No. Well, you got to give it a fair shot. Yeah. No have you have the time to make it up to El Rincon. I have. That. I've actually had some up and down experiences there, unfortunately. Oh. I, I've been once, and it kind of blew my mind, because it was, it was like back when I was stationed in San Diego, and yeah. I would just take the train down to Tijuana, and oh, sure. this kind of thing, and it, it was very similar to that. Um, I haven't seen a lot of that similar to, to up here. Um, yeah, there's not a lot here. I mean, we got Itacate and Penfield does a good job, and actually, the weird place that I found was in uh, Medina, closer to Buffalo. There's a big Mexican immigrant population there, and they actually have real, like, taco trucks. Nice. They're parked on the side of the road attached to a Mexican grocery store, <laughs> and they're 
you know, they barely speak English. And there's like two within a mile of each other. But they're real Mexican food in Medina. I mean, who would have thought that? <laughs> that um, was some of the best mofongo I've uh, ever had. And it kind of blew Heather away. We went down to a friend's wedding in Orlando. Yeah. And I was looking through some chow.com, some foodie blogs. Oh, sure. What to try in Orlando. And it was a trailer in a gas station, like in the middle of Orlando, serving the most amazing Puerto Rican food. And yeah. I got, you know, octopus mofongo. And, oh, uh, that sounds fantastic. Handmade uh, pina colada. Yeah. And just mind-blowing sitting on a plastic chair and that was kind of the early things of you know talk about what we talked about it's like for me i i the passion and the concept of is i love that idea of eliminating the decor and the service staff and whatever and it's like i'm on a plastic chair eating something that i think is amazing off a piece of foil you know i mean it brings it back just to the food yeah, I think, see, I think of food a little bit differently. Food is, for me, if I'm going to go somewhere, it's going to be an experience, you know, or it's, I'm refueling. Yeah. You know, it's not, I, every experience for me with food is, is, is a little bit different. I've been to some really phenomenal restaurants, but, I've, I, you know, I just remember also being in the kitchen for 14 hours a day and shoving whatever I possibly can in my face. (laughs) Yeah. So it's a very interesting thing. I love to make really good food and watch somebody else enjoy it. Oh, sure. (laughs) What what are some of your favorite places from the city? I haven't, I've actually never been to New York City and obviously you've probably had some of the, some great food. Yeah, we used to eat at this little French bistro called Florida Cell all the time that you know new york city is really notorious for having restaurant week oh sure so we would really take advantage of that even if we were living in rochester we would travel and go there for like three four days eat at a bunch of restaurants that in high insight would be ex- astronomically expensive oh, of course and you know we're eating phenomenal food he was uh one of danielle balud's uh sous chefs okay and and i've heard the name i just couldn't recall yeah, what Really what the tree small. was. It's real small. We used to uh, go in there quite a bit. But you know, the, the, the interesting thing about New York is it's really all it is is restaurants. So you have to plan each and every night around <laughs> something awesome. Yeah. And you go broke quick if, if you don't find the good places to go. Oh, I'd imagine. I mean, you, you see the prices and you're like, oh, wow. Some of the things we're getting here, you know, we do have some places doing cool things, but the prices we pay are so low. Right. Compared to what they pay, right? And we got some interesting people doing stuff for, you know, five course meals for thirty five bucks up at Atlas Eats. It's really good stuff. And there, a five course meal, you're paying hundred dollars, hundred twenty dollars or easily. more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Easily. I mean, that's I paid that when I've worked at the fine dining restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's pretty easy to do. I mean, Rochester. There are there is a lot of really good chefs. There's some a few restaurants I would put on my top ten list, honestly. But I think that you know it's also a different kind of clientele that's thinking yeah. that they want something a little bit cheaper too. Yeah, that's Rochester is a discount kind of town. It I've is. always said they, the Groupons and the Living Social and the fifty percent off and it's it's a tough thing. I've kind of been frustrated with that a lot, especially when I see places I like that are putting out the, the coupons, and I, I just, you know, I've talked to a couple of them, and it, it never seems like they have great experiences with it, you know? It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to get people to try new things here. It's all about the numbers when it comes to something like that. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't see us doing anything like that in the near future, but, you know, I, 
I've heard good things. I've heard bad things. You know, it's it's all a marketing thing. And yeah. How you want to advertise and oh, how sure. you want to go about it. Yeah. It, it's a, yeah. It is a good way to get people to try your food, but you kind of want people that already want to try your food too. I've had a lot of people that have had that same experience when I when I've used one and they come in dumbfounded. They don't know what to do with their fifteen dollars. Yeah. You know? So oh, I'll sure. just I'll just get. And then they want to spend exactly that. And I'm like, you're missing the concept. This got you in the door. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to go past that. That pays for your app. And then you order right. you know, entree, desserts, and, and such. So, Yeah. And that, that's something I've, I've thought about, you know, because you're, you're trying to bring in new people. And it's you're trying to preach to the people that want to be converted to your style of thinking. Because you're not going to get everybody with what you guys are trying to do. You're trying to do elevated food off of a truck or the catering not everybody's going to want what you're selling sure yeah let the food speak for itself yeah. i mean that's what we've always said is no matter what we do and how we go about it we let our food and our personality and who we are as a company speak for itself yeah and that's brought us to the point we're at now yeah I, which is good i mean wouldn't have started a corporation if we haven't seen a significant amount of success coming from both avenues yeah yeah I always um, followed that, that, that Bourdain kind of approach, you know, I think of the, res, the No Reservations when he gets into a town and he's, and he's doing his tour, is that, you know, his, his first stop is, okay, what did the hotel recommend? Yep. And his second spot is, okay, I've got a buddy who's doing some fine dining. And then his third is always the blue collar. He asks the taxi driver, where, where do you eat? Yeah. And then that's, that's the different levels. And, I mean, I follow the same when I'm traveling, too. I like to see... Absolutely. You know, I'm having some jerk chicken, and there's a dog next to me on a dirt floor, <laughs> and then I'm enjoying something at yeah. this beautiful tiki bar. See both realms of it. You know, yeah. don't just don't just go where the hotel tells you to go. Yeah. yeah. See, see the rest of it. I think it's the best way to explore a new city too, because it forces if you're really into it, it forces you to go to places you wouldn't go normally. Sure. I mean, I was in San Francisco. I went to areas of town I probably would never have gone <laughs> if it wasn't to get some banh mi sandwich at nine o'clock in the morning and that's how we really want people to think of sapola romaine is yeah. that you know we are that niche that fits into everything that you need yeah so ingredient wise what are some of the favorite things you guys use and is there anything you're trying to work into your menus that you haven't had a chance to yet i always find it interesting uh, it's that's a tough question just because you know what we do is fully customized to right. the full ex- extent you know it one person can call us with uh, Indian Moroccan or Moroccan party one day. The next day, we're doing a French-inspired plated five-course wedding. Right. So there, there's really nothing that we're limited to. Um, I'm fully confident in, in everything that we do. The with three brothers, we're developing a barbecue uh, menu for being down there at the cafe. Coming, yeah. Coming out of the bag there. Right um, location, which I really think that is going to be a hit. You know, we're working on recipes and, and developing what it is and how we want our barbecue to be. We're yeah. building a smoker, you know. So that that in itself is like its own entity of what yeah. Cipolla Romaine is, and, and that's then, cool and exciting yeah, stuff. I mean, right. barbecue is something that people are really obsessed with, and it's always it's one of those personal things. People always have their personal style, yeah. And it's cool to see you guys trying to find your own style of barbecue sure. too. Yeah. I think the focus and I, and I appreciate too is the people that keep it pure. Just yeah. you know, yeah. do, if you're doing it with the right ingredients, 
It doesn't have to be layers of sauce or, or yeah. weird wacky things. That no, you could do uh, just good food yeah. done right. Yeah. Salt and pepper and oak. You know, just yeah. do a brisket. To, I mean, the it's right not way. yeah. Great brisket isn't complicated, but it's so hard to find somebody treating the meat with respect and treating the right. process with respect and saying, "All right, all you have to do is do it right." Exactly. And when you know it's not that hard to do, it's frustrating when you see bad stuff come out. Like, sure. why didn't you just do it right? <laughs> and sometimes it takes a little bit more hard work. It's the, yeah. the effort behind it. Yeah. You know, oh, for sh- sure. Oh, if I'm going to do this all on oak and I'm going to smoke for 14 hours, you got to put your work in. Yeah, you got to cook it at 225 degrees instead of 350. Exactly. But the product on the other end will be, you know, not yeah. your socks off. So. You can be spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as it's done right, that's what keeps them coming back. Yeah, and people, when people eat it, they're like, oh, I see where this went. I see it, there's the difference between the cheap meal I bought and here's here's the meal that somebody paid attention to, somebody had passion about. Right. And it's something I've tried to find. And when you meet people like you guys, you know you have passion about the food, passion about serving people, passion about doing the right thing with the products, having respect for the things you're doing. Exactly. Absolutely. And it's surprisingly difficult to find at times but also it's getting better i think people are people are caring more about what they're eating whether it's quality or health or just the flavor i mean if it tastes damn good i mean <laughs> i think people are going to be happy in the end I think a lot of people are starting to get a little bit more health conscious too you know about yeah. a lot of things and we can insert some of that in every aspect of what we do too sure um and so i know you guys do a lot of cooking is there anything you guys cook at home, you know, and when you're actually not at work, what do you guys cook at home? I know, Dave, you said you're doing a lot of vegetarian stuff. I have been, and it's it's been fun. Um, my uh, two-year-old, well, going to be two here in a month, uh, Zoe, is um, eating everything off my plate, <laughs> <laughs> from olives to pickled jalapenos to she got into uh, my uh, chili sauce the other night, <laughs> and uh, she liked the sweetness, but then found that it was really hot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's just kind of, I'm usually doing the blind basket of what's in the cabinet, and so yeah. what, how can I get creative? You know, I think that's the most fun of it, but it's back to my core. I like putting a smile on her face and customers' faces and everybody, yeah. so, um, yeah, her favorite dish right now has got to be uh, mom's uh, whole wheat waffles. <laughs> whole wheat waffles, a little bit of agave nectar. And Which she, sounds pretty fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we eat a lot of Italian at my house. Yeah. Always sausage, eggplant, parmesan, chicken cutlets. That's what we eat. So. Comfort food. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody's got their own comfort food. Yeah. You know, and that's that's an obvious one. That's just great. And something I always, another thing I like to ask is, if you ever do takeout, I know you were talking about uh, other places you guys used to go. I mean, takeout's huge in Rochester. People do tons of takeout. Mm-hmm. Is anywhere you guys go for a decent takeout around town? Mm-hmm. I'd have to say with C. Asian yeah, it's shop. it's a hit. They blow my mind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of funny that before they got there, I'd actually looked at that space. I'd even wrote a review, on, a Yelp review about that. Yeah, and uh, it had interest in that. And everybody always says, "Oh, the last thing to move in is always a Chinese restaurant," and then this space is no good. <laughs> and I, I I had this total thought. I was like, "They're gonna be gone in six months. It'll be fine." And then I come back, and everybody's like, "This is really good. You should try it." And oh yeah. I went in and took a bite, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're never gonna leave." <laughs> No, it's so, it's amazing it was, the foothold they've good. made there. It's that's a it's a it's a little run of great places there that actually you're doing good stuff consistently, mm-hmm. between them and like Han Noodle Bar and 
Um, even Dogtown, you know, doing hot dogs done well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dogtown has a little thing going on. They're really yeah. good. I would have to agree with Steve. Yeah. I finally traded the fried squid over there. and it, it, It's really something, isn't it? Joey was fighting me for it once again. I got a one-and-a-half-year-old eating fried squid with me. Yeah, it's so simple. But, I mean, again, it's... Well, again, Rochester, I mean, it's, it's fried food done well. Yeah. But it, it's flavored well. It's I'm not even a fried fan, too. No. People it's just hard not to like try that. It, and I was like, oh, it's just... Between that and the... Uh, I don't think I've never ordered the um, the house red rice. Yeah, I mean, it's... The chicken, it's, the shrimp, and the, everything that's in there. Seafood the something Chinese that's sausage. in there. Yeah. It's... It's the like stock the, is like a sweet brown sugary kind of. Yeah, I was, I was interrogating one of the waitresses. One it's day. so said, good. What is? What do you make in the rice with? Because I was like, this is just. It's not any what you think of a fried rice from any other Chinese place. It's like it's yeah. a sweetness to it. But. It's so simple, but I mean, there's so much in there, and that's like my go-to. Plus, it's like it's like seven dollars for more food than you could possibly exactly. eat in one sitting, yeah. or more food than you should eat in one sitting. Not that it's I've eaten that soup. whole thing more than once. Find people that put the passion into the food, but still bring it to you. You can afford it. And, you know, that's that's the same as I think of John's Tex-Mex. It's, it's sure. amazing. I see him in there, you know, schlepping the the food out every. We were just I just stopped in last week for takeout with him. But uh, he's he's a great guy, but he's very passionate about what he's putting out there. Too. Yeah, that place is Keeping hopping it crazy affordable. So. Yeah, and it's hopping all the time. And it's that New Southwedge area is. Really developing, That's the nice too. part about having a small place. It always yeah. looks like it's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's different when you got got 100 seats and then, you know, 20 looks like you're doing nothing. Yep, right. <laughs> well, in that place, look, hey, you're, you're, you're busy all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so I think we're about at the end here, um, wrapping up. Um, I guess the last thing I want to ask is, what do you guys... What are you guys excited about coming out in the next you know time? I know you're working on the catering, and you're developing out there. Um, what do you guys think about the next year coming out here? Well, we have a we have a location that we finalized and are getting built out. Um, you know, we have a lot of things going on with the development of the carts and restructuring the way some of them are built, making them better and all around. Yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited about building Smoker yeah. and coming come the new concepts of that kind of stuff and the uh, and yeah, having having the the home base and everything under one roof is gosh, we've been searching for for years to find something yeah. that worked. Yeah, it was centralized and affordable and uh, it was ours. It, it's yeah, ours. It is yeah. ours, right? <laughs> and it's it's, it's, it's great door, that they're giving the you ones walking through. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, they're it's, giving it's, you free reign for that too. Exactly, our Which truck is, is done. I mean, our truck is a full build out. It's done. That's awesome. Go. Congratulations! By the way, that's yeah, that's yeah. really cool just to see somebody doing that for real. Yeah, it's it's just it, there's a lot of exciting things going on. I think right now we're getting everything in order, so when all these dates that we've been filling, we can just look at each other and say, "Okay, let's yeah. go, ready you know, to go." Let's yeah, go. you make those a hit, and then nice I mean, word work. spreads fast. It's yeah. nice to work when there's work. You know? Yeah, that's that's the best thing. I, I that's appealed to me most about the catering of it. There's a lot of t- trying times we've had for oh, I hope this festival pans out or yeah, I really hope yeah. it's a hopping day at U of R but, yeah. you know, but see now we do all that and we have everything exactly. else going yeah. so there's it's, yeah. it's being it's just really being able you know, we, we've hired new employees and we have a staff that we can count on and we, we have just a, a legitimate 
functioning engine. Yeah, which is really important. I've I've talked to other people recently that their staffs you have to you have to turn over the staff because they're not showing up to work. They're not doing what you need them to do. And I mean, it's um it's pretty exciting stuff to hear you guys expanding like that. They're they're pretty passionate with yeah, the stuff yeah, that we're doing. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think cool. they're they're right along with us. They see it's I great. think they see our passion in it, and it's it's kind of addicting. Everybody wants to. You know, work towards the same thing. Yeah, and, and within six months, you know, we've yeah. grown and huge. I mean, this is this is drastic. I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I showed up on the first day when you guys showed up and didn't know what to expect, and now, I mean, you're building right out of there, which is yeah, that's fantastic. We're, we're growing quick, and we're excited. Awesome. Well, um, like I said, I hope everybody gives uh, gets a chance to try their food either at a wedding they're going to this summer or uh, make the trip out to Three Brothers Winery. I mean, they're it's a expansive place. Well, thank and you for having us too. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's a great time and uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. Awesome. Well, that was episode nine of the Food About Town podcast. Thanks to Dave and Joe for stopping by and hanging out. When you're at Three Brothers Winery, please stop by, say hi, grab some amazing food. And if you're in the mood for catering, uh, please contact Dave or Joe. Uh, you can contact them over Twitter and hopefully they can help you out. Thanks for listening, everybody.